I'm Leanna Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today, Snoops and Sleuths, I'm chatting with Misty Simon about her books, writing, and all things cozy. Misty, would you like to introduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths? Sure. So I am Misty Simon, and uh, I have been writing since uh, 2000. I've been publishing since 2005. I have, I think, close to 50 books out now. Um, I would say about 75% of them are cozies. Um, The other side is uh, romance. And um, I have been trying really hard to get romance and cozy together. And that's happening under a different name. And Leanna and I will be talking about that in July. So today we'll just stick with, um, I do traditional cozies uh, for Kensington. I've also written for the Wild Rose Press and uh, Harlequin. When they had their e-Harlequin line, I wrote um, paranormal mysteries for them. Wow. You, that is so impressive. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Either that or really crazy. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to go with impressive. I like that word better. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been fascinated, though. I grew up um, with my grandfather uh, watching um, Murder, She Wrote, Perry Mason, um, Columbo sometimes, as long as it wasn't any of the harder episodes. And I just, I loved Scooby-Doo when I was growing up. And so I've always been drawn to mysteries. Um, I started writing because I got married and then my husband and I worked opposite shifts and I found myself watching way too much Lifetime TV. And so I was like, I think maybe you need to do something with yourself. So anyway, um, I started reading a lot and I thought I could write a story and maybe first I'll try greeting cards. So, (laughs) so I tried greeting cards. That's they're very hard to write. Um, uh, because there's so few words and I thought, oh, I did get something published. It was in something called, uh, words of wisdom from our grandparents. And that, I don't think it ever actually made it out. That was from blue mountain press. And then, uh, I thought children's books, they have to be easy and they rhyme. So I got myself a rhyming dictionary and, uh, proceeded to try to do that. That didn't work either. And I was part of a children, excuse me, children's writing group. And um, she, the leader came up and she's like, do you really want to write children's books? And I said, I don't know, not really. I kind of want to write romance. And funny enough, her mom was Elizabeth Sinclair, who was a huge author at Harlequin. And she gave me her mother's phone number. And I talked to that woman for probably three hours and, uh, and was really gung ho. But the first book that I put out was actually a mystery. And I was like, oh, okay. But there's a lot of romance in it. So um, if anyone ever reads the Ivy Morris mysteries, they were with a super small publisher and they they are very much romance. There's a lot of stuff in there that your normal cozy mystery reader would not be a fan of Um, language and uh, situations and stuff. But there were still a lot of people who were liking them. 
And so I kept writing them at, at a small press because those were the other ones who would take it. And then I ended up being at a conference with Essie Soga, who is my editor at Kensington. And I had met her in 2005 and I immediately put her on my list of please let me work with you. And uh, in 2000, I think it was 15, I met her again. I was at their, um, one of their publishers showcase kind of things. And she said, somebody please send me a sexy cozy. And I ran up front. <laughs> I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've been doing this for 10 years. What, what, do you, what do you want? What do you want? And so it was interesting though. I don't think the market was ready for that um, because in the end, I ended up writing the Tally Graver mysteries. Um, and those are far more traditional than a, there is no sexiness in them. And, um, and that was fine. I really enjoyed them. I, I still enjoy them. I'll actually be putting one of those out myself and probably a couple of them because Kensington is shifting me into um, rom cozy. So a rom-com and cozy, and we'll see how that works so far. Everybody's very excited about them, but previous to that, the five tally books um, have really done very well. People enjoy them. I had somebody run up to me at Malice Domestic and say, oh my gosh, I read your book. And I was like, where did you get it? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, Barnes and Noble. And I was like, oh, oh, that's right. I'm with Kensington. This is not a, this is no longer just a case of me selling them out of the back of my car. <laughs> you can actually randomly pick this up by accident. So it's been, it's been quite the journey. I actually have a, a tree on my leg. It's a tattoo and um, the tree is intact, but there's all these leaves flying off of it. And for every book that I publish, I put another leaf on my leg. <laughs> and uh, because, but because, well, one, I'm crazy, which I think we've already established. And then two, because I remain intact, even as I give pieces of myself away, because every, I feel like when you're writing a book, you're writing you, like it's your baby. And there are always going to be parts of you in that book. And so when someone likes it, you're like, oh, <laughs> thank you. That's awesome. But you know, I, I want to, to continue to do that kind of thing um, and really be able to write the books that I, that I love as well as writing the books that I want to be reading. And so I, as I'm going to be moving into a new direction with Kensington, I am also going to be running in the same direction that I've run for a whole lot of years with um, Tally. And as well as I have a new series that I'm doing right now, it's um, set at the Ren Fair. And the whole Ren Fair is populated by misfit paranormals. And <laughs> uh, yeah, they're fun. It's a, you know, a werewolf who can only change his nose and his tail, a dragon who only blows smoke, a woman who thought that she was supposed to be a tarot card reader, but she can't tell what anything means and so her ex-husband actually comes back to the fair because his uncle owns the fair but she runs it and he brings a little dog with him because he knows that there's no way she'll let him back into the fair without some kind of present and so this dog shows up out of nowhere and I'm like well who are you and what do you do and um, he is a crosser of the dead 
even though he's a little tiny chow. So <laughs> I, you know, I, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy being taken off guard with not only my own writing, but other people's writing. I love snort laughing when I'm, when I'm reading, uh, preferably not while I'm drinking tea, but you know, it does happen sometimes and always have tissues next to me. Not because I'm writing, reading books that are going to make me cry, but because <laughs> something, something else could happen and I just want to be prepared. So, but yeah, that's, I mean, I got started uh, just because I was bored and <laughs> I, you know, I mean, in my bio, it'll tell you, I always actually wanted to be a Muppeteer. And um, I did not know how to, to do that. And Sherlock Hemlock was one of my favorite characters. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll just write until I can figure out how to be a puppeteer. And 20 <laughs> years later, I still haven't figured out how to be a puppeteer, but I, I am an author. And, um, and it's really weird to say that sometimes because I'll <laughs> look at my books and I'm like, your name is on that. Like you wrote that that's bizarre. People read that. That's also bizarre, but it's good, but it's still kind of bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely get that feeling. There was one time at a signing where it was like at the point where no one was really paying attention. No one was coming to the table. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, this guy comes out of nowhere and goes like, Oh my gosh, I love your book, The Clockwork Golem. <laughs> You're like, did you read it? <laughs> yes. Where did you get that? Where, who, who gave you that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it's funny because, <clears throat> look, I get that for the most part, we are writing so that other people will read it. You right. could certainly write without expecting other people to read it. Um, you could write for yourself. There are plenty of people who journal, even if they're journaling stories. But I, I really want people to read my book. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm automatically assuming that you know who I am. You exactly. know, I, I'm not going to walk in and I'm like, excuse me, I want the mint chocolate chip ice cream. Do you know who I am? <laughs> it's just, I don't even know who I am sometimes. So you know, I mean, I think, uh, you know, as you, as your audience grows um, and you do have random people coming up and asking who you are, although to be fair, let's be fair. So if you ever see me at a conference, I wear vintage swing dresses with petticoats. So nice. it's a little hard to miss me. <laughs> and I have big, huge curly blonde hair. So it is doubly a little bit hard to miss me. So uh, maybe she found me that way, but she still had read my book. And I was like, wow, I thank you. Like, did you like it? <laughs> she said, of course I did. I thought, well, it's not always an of course. Like, have you seen some of the Amazon reviews out there? Somebody <laughs> just like some people like to randomly give ones, even if they don't explain why they gave a one. Although, you know, to switch the subject really quick, if if you do get a one, it almost gives you more clout. You know, if you have like all fives, I've heard people say, oh, she has all fives. So that must mean that all of her friends are reading her books. And so, you know, if you have a, if you have a nicely placed one, two or three every once in a while, uh, I think it gives you, um, I, I think it makes people feel more like, oh, 
that's legitimate, you know, and some people will like your book for the very reason why it got a one. <laughs> so, you know, write those reviews and someone will come in, you know, someone will one me and say, uh, I, you know, I, I felt like the romance was too much. And somebody's like romance too much. Absolutely not. And then they'll, and then they'll go buy your book. So <laughs> that's that's not necessarily a bad thing <laughs> true the worst thing is oh my first ever book was not a cozy it was sci-fi mm -hmm. and I had a total of three reviews two of mm -hmm. them five star one of them a one star it <laughs> was Amazon in its wisdom took away the five star reviews what left the one that called it a crime against literature. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I will never completely understand the Zon. I, I just, I think, you know, I mean, kudos to anyone who, who can tell what the heck they are doing. Uh, you know, is it Tuesday <laughs> that it's a bad thing? If it's Thursday, then they love you like there's no tomorrow. I don't understand. Like I do keywords and all that kind of stuff. And I just so much of it is a crapshoot. Yeah. You know, and and I prefer so I I do advertising, you know, and I've been very excited to be on your podcast and you know, hopefully people will listen and and think that my book might be worth at least checking out. But in the end, it's word of mouth. It really is. I mean, if you can get people chatting about your book to their friends and loaning it to them and then demanding that they have it back, then, <laughs> you know, that's, that's just not a bad thing. I actually had a, a woman, she was in, I think she was in her eighties and her son, her grandson was my husband's friend. And so her grandson gave her poison Ivy, which is the first in the Ivy Morris mysteries um, as a gift. And then she demanded the rest of them. And I was like, oh my, these are a little spicy for your grandma. And he's like, no, she loves them. Said, okay. <laughs> so she actually put them behind glass. Wow. And if someone wanted to borrow them, she yelled at them to go over to Amazon and get them themselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I was like, wow, can we be best friends? Because I don't think I've ever been put behind glass and I, I was apparently in like this huge china hutch and there was a lock on the door and she refused to let anyone borrow them you had to go buy them yourself oh wow <laughs> so I sent her a present because you know I mean, why yeah. would you not I was like hey happy birthday here's a here's a special little story just for you about Ivy and she she about screamed my ear off on the phone so it was oh, that's like how much fun is that oh that's how much so fun much fun to like you and I talked a little bit about this before touching people's lives and giving them joy I just there are so many ways to do that and and not everybody's going to be an author um but you know if you can find a way to help other people have joy give them joy find their joy then, oh my gosh, please run out and do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, wow, we have covered so much. <laughs> so, so can I tell you? I know. So much I, ground. I have it's, 
one question I really want to ask you. Okay, yes. Do you have a favorite character or would you get in trouble with your other characters? Oh, oh no, that's such a rough question. Okay, so let's put it this way. My favorite character is the one that I'm currently writing. I understand Uh, that. (laughs) Because I don't want to be mean to her because then she'll be mean back and I would just don't play well like that um i i love them all for different reasons so <clears throat> ivy like i said she's got so she has six books out total and i loved her for her lack of backbone um i loved her for her size she is a, a plus size woman and she remains a plus size woman i was not going to lose weight so that she could be happy um she embraces who she is and really went through a lot of things to get to where she is at the end of book six and then and then i wrote i guess mel was next and that's um adventures in in ghost sitting and so mel uh she owns a junkyard and everything in the junkyard has a ghost attached to it. And they're all very badly behaved. And she's very much into the 80s. So all of the titles have to do with 80s stuff, like Desperately Seeking Salvage, Don't Dream It's Rover, I Wear My Ghost Goggles at Night, <clears throat> stuff like that. <laughs> and so I loved, I love titles. They're my favorite thing in the world. But um, she was an outcast and then found a community and embraced the one that she already had. Then we have Tally. Tally, uh, <laughs> she thought that she would marry up and then found that she did not like the, the um, she did not like the people that she was interacting with. And so she comes back into the family fold and is really trying to figure out how to eat crow without choking on it and (laughs) and then you know so as I and then Verla who is my renaissance fair lady she she kind of doesn't ever demand anything for herself she is very much the people pleaser people helper I want everybody else's dreams to come true but doesn't really think about her own and uh and this is forcing her to reevaluate that and so i i love characters that are going to grow and so as i'm writing each one i'm like oh my gosh i love you so much but then i'll like i then i have to start the next book and i'm like oh but i love you so much (laughs) and then it's the next book and i'm like oh i love you so much so much so much so uh mel her arc is over so adventures in in ghost sitting is done um the ivy morris mysteries have been done for a little while tally is going to be ongoing in my own control um and verla is ongoing and then the new series that we're going to talk about later that starts um at the end of july this is book one and so i have a lot of room to play and that's my favorite part about writing is the room to play as well as you know hoping that people see themselves in these books and I I actually had a woman come up to me once and she 
well, I guess had gone through cancer, which those are the stories that also that always make me like want to cry. And she's like, I, I read your books while I was doing my treatments. And I was like, oh, goodness. Okay. And she said, well, I'm, I'm better now. And I said, oh, well, thank goodness. I'm, I'm glad you said that. And uh, she said that the other day she was having a really bad day. She just felt like bombarded with life. And she said, but um, I thought to myself, well, you know what, if Ivy can do this, then so can I. And I said, oh, you know what, I'll be back in 15 minutes. I have to go ball my eyes out, fix my mascara, and then hope <laughs> that I can function as an adult <laughs> when I come back. But to know that your characters, uh, you know, I had early on with Ivy because she is um, a big girl and she does get the hottest guy in town i had someone um email me and say you know this really makes me feel like i could have anyone i want oh and i was like are you telling me that because your uh you know stature is similar to ivy's and she said well yeah and i said oh, you can have anyone you want a anyone don't ever settle just because you think that you're not every person's dream person you don't need to be every person's dream person you need to be one person's dream person and that's it like you don't you don't need to appeal to everyone you need to find that one person who values you for all the awesome things that you are and then she started crying so oh. then I started crying <laughs> and I was like I am not a pretty crier please don't do this you know I don't <laughs> I don't gently sniffle and pat my eyes I I am like sobbing and my face is wet and I'm like all right well you know <laughs> it's all right I I'm glad that I'm glad that you told me and now I'm going to go eat some ice cream so <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness actually it's funny that you mentioned not everyone is everyone's type of person because mm -hmm. I am actually playing with a Mr. a cozy mystery with a genie character in it who is Ooh. cursed to look like everyone's ideal oh but that's only, fascinating but only when she finds the the one i guess yes. you could say mm -hmm. will that one see her for what she really looks like see now i love that i love that because I, I, there are so many things in this world that tell you what you should and shouldn't be. And I, I don't like the word should, frankly, because it, it implies that you either did not do something right or you're about to not do something right. right. Um, it, you need to be you. And when you're you, the right people will come and absolutely cherish you. And it can be rough to find out who you are, uh, but that is definitely something that I do when I'm writing books is I am exploring concepts. Sometimes they have to do with me. Sometimes they have to do with, you know, somebody that I know, like I've never been divorced. So Tally was more like a, what would happen if, you know? And so, but there's still many pieces of her in, in uh, many pieces of me in there um that just i think give an authenticity to what you're writing 
um, and make people then be able to recognize you when, when they do see you because you're like, oh no, that was real. <laughs> because it was funny, I was doing a book club once um, on Ivy. <clears throat> I think it was the second book. And somebody said, so Ivy starts out in California and she inherits a costume shop in a small town in Virginia from her great aunt. And it, she doesn't know that the costume shop also houses a lingerie store at the back. And so this is where it gets a little spicy, but we won't <laughs> go into the spicy parts. But she, she really doesn't know her value, you know? And, and so as she's going through things, she's starting to know her value. So I'm thinking, you know, okay, we're going to do book club and it's going to be about value and some people will ask things like, I noticed that there's a purple couch in there. And I was wondering what the significance of that color was. So I was like, I, I don't know. I, I like purple. But um, <laughs> Ivy starts out only ever wearing brown. She wears brown. She drives a brown car because someone years ago complimented her on an outfit that she was wearing and it was brown. And so that's all she does. Um, and so you get to see her expand her wardrobe through the books also. But funny enough, at this, at this book signing, they're like, the funniest part to me was when she used a shop vac on her leaves in her front yard. And I was like, <laughs> yep. And they said, well, where did you come up with that? And I said, well, I did it. <laughs> I, <laughs> we moved from California to Pennsylvania. I had lived in Pennsylvania before, but not as somebody who had like had to do yard work, I was young. And uh, when we moved out here, I was like, I am so tired of raking things. Somebody go get me the shop back. And so I did, I sucked up all the, all the leaves in my front yard and there are people driving by and like slowing down and like watching me like I was an accident or something. And so I thought, how fun would that be to be, especially in Virginia, if you haven't lived there for 300 years, you, you there are certain towns that you will never belong. <laughs> and so I thought, you know, she's going to be like waving to everybody and thinking that they all think she's so smart when in fact they're like, oh my, let's all watch out for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You know, and I, I like characters too that make you feel like, um, like you would, well, as I, as I said before, that would make you want to have coffee with them at your Sparks coffee shop where you can get a shot of confidence in your latte. And, I, you know, like that's the kind of people, those are the books that I love to read. I love to read the ones where I feel connected enough to the person that's telling the story that I'm like, oh, can you exist somewhere, please? Because this would be so much fun to be your friend. And so many people have said that about Sabia, that they oh. want to be her friend. Yes. I don't doubt it. I don't <laughs> doubt it. I, I started the first one and I was like, oh, Leanna, you're killing me. I have things to do. <laughs> <laughs> My husband came home at 1230 and he's like, this morning, he says, so uh, what happened with the dishes? I'm like, I didn't even make dinner. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Okay. I, I was so caught up in what was going on and it, you, you're fine. You know how to watch. <laughs> <it>. <laughs>
but when you say you put a little bit of yourself into each character I'm kind of the same way with Sabia it's her love of old movies I I love old movies I can't quote them at the drop of a hat like she can oh (laughs) um like with okay in uh stock show stalker the second one that's currently at the publishers waiting (laughs) um let's see there's one point where she and Bridger are doing the typical you can't get involved mm. in murder or you can't keep getting involved in these things. Right. And she quotes Arsenic and Old Lace. Of course. She has, uh, or she looks at Bridger, gives a Cary Grant impression and says, are you saying this is becoming a very bad habit? you know what and i love when a character has something like that so ivy she um her dad ends up following her which horrifies her because she really didn't want him to to follow her but she and her dad exchange big words so they are trying to like top each other through like they'll they'll use an enormous word where a little word would have been just fine and (laughs) I loved doing that and I had a lot of people who were like that was so much fun I learned words that I had not heard of before um I I and I I looked forward to the next book to see what new big words they were going to be using with each other um when you are writing and when you are writing in hopes of having readers if you can give them something to look forward to whether or not that's you know the romance or the way that your characters solve mysteries or their little quirks and stuff you just can't go wrong Uh, they want to be involved they're giving you their money they're giving you their time they're giving you space in their imagination why wouldn't you just wow them as much as you possibly can now granted if you're like writing literature or if you're um writing uh memoirs and that kind of thing you can still do that in there i just tend to to do the funny stuff um i i love humor and i uh, with my family you know, if something horrendous goes on in our family, the very first thing is somebody's going to crack a joke about it because that's (laughs) that's just how we are. I mean, it's either crack a joke or rock in a corner, sucking your thumb. And I I don't look good like that. I can't (laughs) fold right. So (laughs) I, you know, I mean, I, this year, unfortunately I've, I've lost three grandparents um, within a 15 month span and an uncle and a great uncle. And that's, sad very sad and yet at the funerals people are telling like the best stories about the things that they did like my my one grandmother was a huge bingo fan huge huge bingo (laughs) fan and uh she took me to bingo once I was young and in Pennsylvania you better know whose seat is where and don't take it because they have it's a very specific like this is their chair they've been in it for 72 years do not under any circumstances try to take their chair so i got relegated to the back of the room which was fine except i i got bingo once and did my grandmother not whip her head around and say no (laughs) i was like what 
why can't I win bingo? You are too young. <laughs> what? I guess I hadn't been there long enough, you know? And so then she says, she says, well, you know, we need to split the money because I'm the one who brought you. And I was like, oh, I can pay for a cab with what I just want. <laughs> so you're going to take me home and I'll give you five bucks for gas or I'll take a cab and you can explain to my mother why I'm showing up at the door by myself. And so it was just, you know, that's, it's a, it's been a running joke. I was like 13, I'm 44 now. So in 30 years that would come up frequently because, you know, sometimes you're going through things and you just really need the release of being able to laugh. Um, I won't say that there aren't tears. And I do have some stories that people are like, you destroyed me in book five. And I was like, but I, did I bring you back? Did I destroy you and bring you back? And they're like, yes. And I said, well, then <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking that's a good thing, you know? So I think you can do both, but mine are primi primarily funny. Um, but my heroines are going through some things that they are really trying hard to navigate and you're there with them as they navigate. And maybe that will, uh, you know, make somebody else want to navigate something. That I'm is not going to take it away. That is absolutely awesome that you write characters like that. Mm. So how can my snoops and sleuths follow you? Okay, so let's see. I have a website, which is www.mistysimon.com. And yes, my real name is Misty. My mother is a Led Zeppelin fan. <laughs> and <clears throat> when I was born, her favorite song was Black Dog on Led Zeppelin 4 and there was really no appropriate way to name me from that. So we did not go, hey, 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 mama, which I appreciate. But if you flip the tape over, Misty Mountain Hop is the first song on the other side. And so I am Misty. Um, I have a Facebook. I have both a Facebook page that I am happy to have friends on. Uh, that's Misty Simon. And then uh, I also have a private group that you can ask to be a part of. And that is called Misty Simon's Mary Sleuths. And um, I do like cover reveals and stuff like that there. Um, and then there's also a newsletter that you can sign up for through Misty Simon. Um, I only put those out when I have a new book coming out. So, and if anybody likes hidden object games, which is totally off subject, I actually have written dialogue for a couple of them. And you can find those on my website too. Oh, cool. I love hidden object games. Oh my gosh. You and me both. Well, <laughs> and this guy, so I had, I've been offered an opportunity to write a short story that would be a prize for a solitaire game. And the solitaire game is beautiful. And I was like, absolutely. So when we're done with that, he was asking, there were like six of us. And he's like, does anybody play hidden object games? And I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> yes. Yes, my hand is all the way. I think I just broke my shoulder. I totally <laughs> do that. And so he was like, well, you know, let's talk. And so the, the first game that I did was called Royal Trouble. And uh, I wrote all of the dialogue for that. And it actually ended up winning an award for um, number one, Know Your Mobile. And people were like cracking up because it's a prince and a princess and they both get kidnapped and put on this island in a jail 
cell in the dungeons and they have to find their way out by like going through all of these puzzles and, and making potions and all that kind of stuff. And she was very sassy because that's what I do. And, <laughs> uh, and yeah, so people really, so if anybody likes hidden object games, you can check them out through, through the website, but those are primarily, I'm primarily on Facebook. Um, and I update my website because I just, I love the people who are like, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, and you can find me here and there. And I'm like, I don't know how you have time to do all that and write, but good on you. (laughs) (laughs) That is not what I'm doing. And I do have a day job. Um, I am a document specialist for uh, over a hundred hospitals. I look at charts for people who are um, in critical care. And so I listen to your podcast during the day because I can like switch my brain um, between, I'm just looking at documents. So it's not like I'm really reading anything. Not that I could since it's Dr. Right. And that's, <laughs> that's never good. But with that, you know, I, I, so because I have that kind of job, once I'm off, I can run with my imagination because I haven't had to use it very much <laughs> earlier in the day which is fine. But yeah, so I, I tend to be on Facebook. I love posting like um, positive memes and I always do a Sunday starter um, to like get people juiced for the rest of the week. And uh, I try to answer questions and post about cool things that are going on. And I, I just find that most of the people who read me are on Facebook. So I'm not spreading myself all over the place and, and giving the same information in seven different venues, <laughs> venues, not if I can help it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be sure to include the links in the show's notes. Awesome. I would love that. Thank you so much. Wow. The time has just flown by again. <laughs> I know. I looked at the <laughs> clock and I'm like, oh, it's 545. <laughs> Oh. oh, that's all right. That, listen, seriously, I I have enjoyed so much talking to you both times. And yeah. I just, um, I, I feel like we, even though we don't write the exact same kind of books, I feel like we write the same kind of books. <laughs> and, and reading your book makes me think also that we write the same kind of books. And I really enjoy talking. Um, I like talking to people who have differing opinions too, but I also enjoy talking about talking to people that I'm like, I know, right? Let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) So there are worse things than finding your tribe. I'll tell you that much. Absolutely. I do have one final question. Yes. What is one complaint your characters would have about you as an author? Oh, (laughs) Uh, I'm mean. <laughs> that That's, seems to be a common answer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, and sometimes I so just as a thing, I have a lot of health issues. Um I actually in November had to have a triple bypass that I was completely unaware that there was anything wrong with my heart. I oh, wow. just went in for a follow-up visit and the doctor was like, "Hmm, And then we ended up on the EKG and then we were on the nuclear stress test. And then we did the heart catheterization and he was like, he walked in and he looked like I had kicked his puppy. And I was like, what is going on? And he's like, well, I have to tell you, I never, ever, 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 ever thought that I would walk in and tell you that you have a hundred percent blockage. You have a 95% blockage and a 90% blockage. 
And I'm like, I am 43 years old and there is nothing wrong with my heart. And he said, no, sweetie, you're 43 years old and you're having triple bypass. And I was like, wow. So sometimes my characters get irritated with me because I have to I have to go, you know, get my chest cracked open. And they're like, well, I have a story to tell. And so I'll get like, I'll get like thoughts and stuff and I can feel myself um, getting agitated if I don't write, like you were saying that you write or try to write daily. I also try to write daily because I find that if I, if I don't give the time that they start getting irritated and when they're irritated, they tend to not do what I want them to do. <laughs> like, Look, fall in line. Okay. It's Tuesday. We're doing this. And so, um, yeah, I would say it's, I mean, and I don't always give them the time that they would like, but once I do give them the time I tend to fly. So there's nothing wrong with that either. <laughs> Oh, it has been so great talking with you. Thank you. You too. I it's, uh, Seriously, I'm like, can we set up tomorrow? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, your family's going to be like, oh my God, get her off the, get her off the Zoom. <laughs> oh no, this has been a blast though. And, and I appreciate your questions. They're really great questions. As I've said, I thoroughly enjoy listening to um, this on my own. And so it's, it's really an honor to have been um, allowed to come on and talk to you because I feel like, like, I'm, like I'm one of the other awesome people that you have on. So I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you came on the show because it has been a blast and good. And I can't wait till july when we I, talk again i know right i've already got it on my calendar i am gonna we're gonna talk and we're gonna chat and we're gonna laugh all over again i love oh, it yes and i love your laugh by the way oh, thank cute. you you're welcome it's very cute i i listen my brother has this laugh and it's a one note like ha <laughs> and I'm like, really, can you finish that off with something else? So <laughs> I, I listen to laughs a lot. I actually, my mom and I have the exact same laugh. And if you can get us to laugh the exact same time, we have the same cadence and everything. So it just sounds like stereo. <laughs> yeah. And I'm loud anyway. So she's loud too. And people will like turn around, like, did something just blow up? Like, what was, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Oh, so, but yes, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. And, and really thank you for everything you do for the cozy um, community. It, it is wonderful to have somebody who's not only a writer, but an advocate. And um, that's just, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, thank you. Absolutely. You've heard another great interview here on the Cozy Sleuth. I'd like to thank my patrons, Regina, Cozy Cub, Dower Bear, and Patty Paul for their contributions in keeping the show commercial-free and growing. I'd also like to thank my Coffee Clutch for their contributions as well. If you'd like to be like my patrons, Regina, or my fellow podcasters, the Cozy Cub and Dower Bear, join me on patreon.com slash the Cozy Sleuth. Or for a one-time contribution, you can become a member of my coffee clutch on coffee.com slash the cozy sleuth.
That's ko-fi.com slash The Cozy Sleuth. As always, you can find me on Twitter at The Cozy Sleuth and on Instagram at The Cozy Sleuth. You can also find show merchandise at zazzle.com slash The Mystic Cozy. Until next time, this is Leanna Shields saying, keep cozy.